This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. And we're going to go through a few scriptures and, and, and then we're going to talk about how to, how to practically be ready for 2019 and end strong. Does, any, does anyone, no, no one ever goes, I want to end weak. Right, like I, I kind of want to end just crossing the finish line. How many of you know that like right now, 2019 begins? Just, just tell your neighbor, I'm beginning today. I'm not waiting for tomorrow night. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 verse 5 says this, he pre- predestined us. Everyone say predestined. For the adoption to sonship with Jesus Christ in order with his pleasure and his will. So, so, so when God looks at us, he's already predestined us as sons because of his pleasure. So he gets excited about this and his will. In Romans 15 verse 7, it says, accept one another. Everyone say, accept one another. Just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So how many of you know that when you accept the person on your left and the person on your right, that brings praise to God? And when you reject the person on your left and and, and on your right, for whatever reason, it takes away from the praise we give to him. A week ago, I was on a a plane. Things happen to me on planes, guys. I I don't know why. But I was on a plane and just getting ready. It was an early morning flight, 7 o'clock. You know you wake up at 5 a.m., get on the plane. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, you know the hostesses that are serving you breakfast? They've, they've served half the plain breakfast and they, 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 they all of a sudden have big eyes and they start kind of like moving a little bit weirdly and they start smelling like, like their noses are going like flaring. And all of a sudden I hear this muffle and the captain gets on the line and says, guys, we have a fire on the plane. And so we, uh, and you know when the captain sounds a bit stressed out, like, you start seeing people, man. Like, you start seeing the, the, the real sides of people. People are like, what is going on here? He says, uh, we are experiencing a fire on the plane. You can smell the smell. Um, please listen to the hostesses. Do exactly what they tell you. But please keep calm. You might die, right? But just stay chilled. And so, so all of a sudden... Guys who've just been handed their meals, the hostesses start going crazy. And they grab the meals that they've just handed people and they throw them into the trash. So like guys in the middle of eating a sausage, boom, grabs a sausage, throws it in the trash. You know, guys are, they're ready to have their meal. They are running up and down the aisles. Like you shouldn't run. They are running up and down the aisles. Things are going crazy. There's kind of like flashing lights and they're saying, hey, make sure you buckle up. Make sure you prepare. We might have an emergency landing. Now, it's amazing to watch people in this situation because everyone acts sort of different. And the one guy brings out his book and he just starts reading his book like as if everything's super chilled. You know, another, another, another person has her daughter next to her and is finding like consolation in her daughter. Like the daughter's fine, but she's not. She's like trying to make her daughter panic, like, it's going to be okay. And the daughter's like, I'm cool. Other, other people are starting to pray, right? I think one person 
saw maybe recognized me from church and saw that I was a pastor, so was really taking her cues from me, like, what's going on with the pastor there? <laughs> you know? And how many of you know that when, when, when things get chaotic, you start seeing the real side of people and maybe where they're anchored? And, and, and in Zimbabwe, we've had a season of chaos, and sometimes we feel like we're on that plane. Where people, where you read the newspapers and you're like, yo, that's a, that's a red light. You smell the smoke of real buildings. Um, and, then, uh, and then rumors. And you're like, and people are saying, buckle up. We may have an emergency landing. Like, we could crumble. And you start seeing the real sides of people. And here's what starts to happen when, when we get into these chaotic situations. Very often, we get really self-centered and, and, and really self-preserving. And I'm looking around and I'm like, man, God, I might die with these people. And I don't even like them. Like, I don't even know who these guys are. And you're looking at the faces and I started thinking to myself, like, God, things started going in my mind. And how many of you have ever had just in this season, like, crazy thought life? Where you're just like, man, am I supposed to be here? Like, what's going on? How come this is happening? Can they do this again one more time? Like, like is my family going to be Okay. You start going through all these things, and I, I went through this kind of series of thoughts. The first thought was, um, man, like, I'm not going to be able to, to have that lunch I was hoping for if this thing goes down. I had a lunch plan. And then I went, man, but if this plane goes down, I may not get to see my kids again. And if this plane goes down, like, man, I'm going to miss so many people at church. If this plane goes down... I'm, I'm actually getting a little bit worried because this plane might go down. And the captain comes on again and says, guys, please prepare for an emergency landing. And you're like, dude, that's twice the captain. He's supposed to be the chilled guy. And then, and then I started going, man, I, 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 did I tell my wife that I loved her? Did, did I do that before I left? Um, did I... Did, does my mom and dad know that like, I really believe in what they're doing? Do the friends that I would leave behind know that I see the king in them and that I would fight for them no matter what? And then it was like God was like, hey, I got you. Like, I got you. And then I started thinking about, well, this could be fun just to go to heaven early. Like, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I mean, I've been studying heaven, and that's a, that's a just look. I'm so then I started getting excited, like heaven, this could be great, and there won't be any sorrow, so I won't have any of these regrets. But how many of you know that in the, in the chaos, in the confusion, he promises peace? And when it's crazy, he promises belonging. And so often we can get distracted by everything going on, and we start thinking just about us, and we stop looking at maybe what God's trying to do with the person next to us. We stop looking at the collective body. And so the title of my message today, and when you're in those situations, you start thinking of who, who, who do you bond with? Who would you want to send messages to if it was your last few moments? And the title of my message today is Gang Like Church. Everyone say it's okay. It's going to be all right. We're going to go here real quick. <clears throat> and just to clear over you guys, there, there's a peace that's beyond our understanding. If you've had mind battles, if you've had anxiety battles, which 
A lot of people have that I've spoken to. I just want to declare to you that, that there is peace when you feel like fear is taking hold. There is peace where you feel like you're, you're losing control and it's that promise where Jesus says it's a peace that you won't find from looking around you. And, and, and I'm like, okay, well, well, then God, if there's a peace in the church, should we be exploding in this, in this season? And have you, have you ever kind of wondered if you belong? And, and, and again, in this situation, when, you, when you're looking on the plane and things are chaotic, no one goes, I belong in this situation. Like, this is where I belong, in chaos, where, where, where the pilots scared, where people are taking sausages out of people's hands and throwing them in the bins. This is where I belong. No one goes, this is where I belong, when the economy is having tough times, when we feel like we're being lied to, when we're feeling like we used to be okay and now we're really trying to make ends meet. You're like, God, what happened to the strength to strength, glory to glory? Like, I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing strength to weakness. <laughs> I'm seeing glory to something else. No one goes, I belong here. This is where I belong. But, but there's a different kingdom, which is it's the church, where no matter what happens, there's a promise of belonging. If we see each other right and if we, if we look at it correctly. So just, just, just tell your neighbor, say, say, say you belong here. Here's, here's something to consider. Knowing you belong is more powerful than chaos. Knowing you belong is more powerful than chaos. And everyone knows Mother Teresa. She went all over the world helping communities who were who were destroyed, helping communities that were trying to figure out who they were, helping communities that felt sick and deprived. And, um, and she said this, she said, the greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. He says, she says, we can cure physical disease with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love or belonging. There's a hunger for love as there is a hunger for God. This is what she said. So she says the biggest sickness that we see on earth is a sense of being unwanted or a sense of loneliness. Um, the Independent magazine in the UK published something based on authorities and studies that many sicknesses are coming from the core of being no lonely and then neglecting yourself, which opens you up for sickness and disease. So most they're saying that many sicknesses now are coming from this place of loneliness where guys neglect who they are because they don't feel like they belong in society. We know social media has connected us more than ever, but it's also made us feel like those connections are less deep, which means we don't really feel like we belong. And then it's kind of high maintenance because we need to keep on knowing that we're okay. Have you ever felt like that? Like you're in a group and you're like, hey, can you just you still like my picture? Like, you still, you still like my profile? Like, am I still cool? Are we still cool? The number one cause of depression, again, according to psychology today, is the feeling of not belonging. We live in a world where we don't belong. I heard someone the other day saying, Tommy, in my school, I'm really, I'm really concerned about my high school because people are finding this belonging in a group of girls that are cutting themselves. And it's actually becoming kind of a cool thing to do because we've, we've kind of, we've connected on our depression. Because we, we don't find belonging anywhere else. And, and in the school they have 
they, they have chapels, they have things that happen according to, you know, church, but they're not belonging there. So they're finding this place where they belong, which is in this depression, and that's where they're finding their community. That's where they're finding their gang. Because you've always wondered, like, how do people join gangs? Like, they violate morals, they violate ethics, they violate everything. But it's because when they identify with someone and they feel like they belong, belonging is more important than chaos. Because people are looking if they belong. Have you ever felt like you, you're in a conversation where you don't belong? And you try and act like you know what's going on. And then you quickly like exit yourself out. Like for me, it would be farming, right? So anyone, can I get a witness? Anyone here? Right, so if someone's talking about like farming and stuff and, and, and someone would say to me, which is your favorite pesticide? I'd be like, dude, I have no idea. Like I don't even know if I believe in pesticides. Like if someone said, hey, you know, do you till the land or, see, I'm, I'm already like selling myself out right now. Um, but, 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 but for me, it's the English Premier League. <clears throat> I, I actually, and I'm going to be honest here, I actually don't really know too much about the English Premier League. So if I join a conversation about soccer, here's how it goes. Hey, so Tom, what's your favorite team? Pastor Tommy, what's your favorite team? You know, the red team. Uh, is that Manchester? Yeah? Cool. All right. There we go. Hey, that's just red. That's all. That's, and then people are like, okay, cool. Like, so what's, uh, well, who's your favorite player on, on the team? And, and, you know, is Beckham still around? Is, um, <laughs> and, and you quickly find yourself not belonging in that conversation. So you remove yourself from that or you change the subject. How many people are walking into church feeling like they don't belong? This is the doors of the church. They walk through and they... Uh, everyone's looking pretty smart, eh? Maybe they just came from the club. Like just, just a quick, quick commute, right? Right from there. Yeah. And they're looking through and they're going, you know, do, do I belong? And they walk through and... I don't know, I, I kind of get, I'm, I'm interested in Jesus because that it seems to be a really amazing story and powerful. I felt his presence once when I was 11, but I'm, I'm looking if I belong here. And you come inside and you look and, and, and someone looks at you and says, sorry, so you can't sit here. That's my seat? Okay, all right, cool. I don't know there were seats in church. Like, I, you know, movies I know, you E3, but, but in church I didn't get a stub. And someone says, hey, uh, you know, do you know uh, your pants might be a bit too tight, sir? Oh, really? Ah, uh, sweet. Like, I didn't, oh, okay. I, I guess I'll remember that for next time. Can I wear shorts? Absolutely not. Oh, all right. Um, okay, cool. So let's sit next to someone. So you're new today. Yeah, man. Uh, just came from the club. Uh, is that right, huh? What, what's your favorite Bible Bible chapter, uh, Proverbs 32. <laughs> you don't read your Bible, do you? You, don't, you have no idea where Proverbs begins and ends. And, 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 and I'm, I'm being a little bit eccentric, but, but when people are looking for belonging, sometimes they'll, they won't 
care too much if they understand everything. But if they feel like they belong, they come back. I was in college and I got invited to be part of a secret society. Yeah, yeah. My mom was like crazed out. And, um, and, and I got this letter in the mail and it was addressed to Tommy DeShell. Handwritten, gold sealed, wax stamped. And I received this letter and I was like, man. And this, you know, when you're in college, you're kind of an awkward age. You're trying to like figure out if, 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 if you're valuable to people, if they're valuable to you. And you know, you know what I mean? You're just kind of figuring this out. And you go, man, this could be a girl, right? So, because no one, who sends these kind of, so I open up this letter and it says, dear Tommy DeShell, we've been watching you. Is that right, huh? <laughs> we, we see tremendous potential in who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, and we want you to join our group. And you'll never lack for money, you'll never lack for, and I'm reading this, I'm like, finally, someone's noticed. Like, <laughs> This is cool. Like, in church, people don't speak to me like this. My, my, I mean, some of my friends, are, we, we've noticed. And I put the letter aside, and I was like, I know that's a, that, that's a joke, right? Like, I don't know what that is. But then I looked back at it, and I was like, but they noticed. Like, I don't agree with what these people probably do, but I'm, 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 I'm going to write back. So I wrote back, because they said, if you're interested, write back. So I wrote back. I didn't do a sealed letter or anything. I just wrote back. I said, I'm interested. I sent it off. Even though I knew, I probably wouldn't describe to kind of what they're doing. I sent it off. Two weeks later, I get a letter back. And uh, they say, fantastic. We're ready to welcome you into the group, into the gang. We see the potential in you. However, we'd like you to pay $39.99 per month, and uh, we will send you some of the resources. And, I, and that's when I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> but, but how many of you know that when people come through the doors of the church, when people come into the doors of our lives, they go, and do I belong? And do, they, do we write letters to people like that to say, we see the potential in you, and we've noticed you? And I don't care how you smell. I don't care how you look. I don't care where you've been last night. You have a place here. Because you're supposed to belong. So turn to your neighbor and say, I belong beside you, boy or girl. I belong beside you. It sounds like a song. I belong beside you, baby. Come on, come on. You see, we face obstructions. Let's go to Matthew 5. Let's dive into some scripture so that people don't just say I told stories. Matthew 5. Let's go there real quick. And here's the thing. What, what kind of stops us from creating more of a sense of belonging where people come in and say, I don't know, I don't understand everything that Pastor Taz says because I don't sometimes. I don't understand everything Pastor Tom says because I don't understand sometimes. But I do feel like I belong and I'm going to work through some of these things I don't get because I belong here. And I'm going to work through maybe some of the things that I'm like, I don't get that. But I belong. Tell your neighbor, I belong, baby. Just sing it. <laughs> All right, so here it goes. Verse 21, Matthew 5, 21. Check this out. We'll go quick. Have you heard the ancients were told? 
The ancients were told, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to court. But I say to you, there's a higher standard. Everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Man, I'm, I'm angry with some people. I'm guilty before the court. But I say to you, everyone, so it says, you good for nothing shall be guilty. Anyone who says, you good for nothing shall be guilty of the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar. Go, first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Right? If you're bringing something, and how many of us try, bring something to Jesus? Our tithe, our gifting. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the offering buckets here. Um, can, I, can I have a volunteer to be Jesus just on stage? Real quick. Pastor Taz, can you be Jesus for me? How many of us are walking to the altar? Pastor Vic, would you please come up here as well? Pastor Vic? Mr. Ferreira? You belong here, sir. So if Pastor Taz is Jesus, PT, would you please take a few steps back? And we are so, just, just, just right there, Pastor Vic, right in front of me there. And we're so concerned about giving what we need to give to Jesus, right? And we come and we, 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 we grab all sorts of things. I'm trying to find more things here. We've got our tithe, our offering, our calling, and our gift. And we're saying, Lord, look what I'm bringing to you. And on our way, we've got so much stuff. We're bumping people. Get out. Do you even know what I am giving to the Lord here? You please get out of my way, sir. Oh, you have ought against me. Well, I have nothing against you, so you better deal with it. Here we go. Lord, here's all the things that, here's my time, my all night prayer meetings, here's everything that I sorted out, here's um, my bigger offerings. Uh, but Lord, you do you even know I sacrificed time at golf for prayer? Like, and Jesus is saying, um, before. You give me, and I accept this. There's a step that needs to be there in order for your gift to speak for you. In order, in order for there to be a big acceptance into the kingdom. And, and we say, well, that guy's got an issue with me. I don't have an issue with him. It's his deal. If he wants to sort it out, he can come to me. And Jesus is saying, if you know someone has ought against you, I, I'm not so concerned with what you're giving me. And how often do we sit in church and we, we look at each other and we're like, mm -mm, that oak, bro, I would not trust him with my cupcake, let alone my kids. And, and, and we're saying, you know, and, and we say, we know he's got an issue with me, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm above that. I'm, above, I'm just going to kind of just do my thing. I'm at a higher level. He's got to deal with it. But Jesus goes the extra mile and says, if you know someone has ought against you, go to them first. We're part of a gang. You belong here. I get you. Let's work out the misunderstanding. I'm sorry for bumping you with my gifts on the way to the altar. Bless you, sir. You come back. 
You give these gifts. They're accepted. They work for you. So where is it where we're bringing gifts and we're bringing sacrifice and we're bringing time where Jesus is saying, someone there, if, we, there's no, if, there's, if there's a breach there, we're not going to be as strong. If there's, if, there's a, if there's a person in the gang who doesn't kind of connect, we're going we're gonna to be defragmented. Because even Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot, not even it won't, it'll be weak, it just will be destroyed. And we won't have the power. So many of us are crying out for more power. God, we want to see your power. We're trying to give bigger gifts. We want And Jesus is like, hey, <laughs> there's someone who has all against you. Let's deal with that. Give Pastor Taz and Pastor Vic a hand. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't have all against you. You see, so, 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 so how do we keep that feeling of belonging? We got to look to where there might be gaps and reconcile. Because you can tell when you walk into a place and there's gaps. It comes out of our mouth. It comes out of the way we act. I'm saying, God, we want more of your power. We want more of your presence. We want more of your glory. Turn, turn to Romans 12 real quick. Because what we have to do in order to see this gang-like church, this loyalty of, of, of people that are like, man, I'm, I'm for you. You belong here. We've, we've got to look at what it means to actually be transformed. So we'll, we'll do this real quick. And, um, and then we will end. <clears throat> Romans 12, when you get there, say yes. All right, here we go. Verse 2, 12 verse 2, it says, and just say this with me. Say, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. Which is, and then I'll, let me carry on, which is acceptable, good, and pure. When, when Paul's speaking, he's speaking to a collective group of people so that you may be able to prove collectively what the will of God is. And we take that individually, which is fine because we have to be transformed. But then look at this. In verse three, it says, for through the grace given to me, don't think of yourself high, more highly than you ought to. But think as having sound judgment, as God has allotted each one of you a measure of faith. For we have many members, but we are all members of a different function. We are many, but one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Tell someone next to you, like, I'm your member. You're my member. You're my member. No, I don't know what I'm doing today. Then it says in verse 6, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. And then it goes into, say, faith, prophecy. So look at this real quick. We are many members of one body, and it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everyone just touch your mind real quick. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you don't think more highly of you ought to than in your, more highly than you ought to of yourself, but so that you may also be able to see the gift, the measure of faith on everyone else and how you fit together. 
So you know you're transformed when you start looking with, and there's, there's a few keys here, sound judgment. How many of you know there's a difference between sound judgment and critical judgment? Sound judgment, <laughs> sound judgment looks at the king in someone. It looks at the gift in someone. It looks at who that person is. Critical judgment looks at what they're not. Have you ever had someone critically judge you before? Anyone? Have you, have you ever critically judged someone else? So often we can think more highly than we ought to of ourselves and we look at people and go, you know, that guy doesn't work and we're judging the mouth by its ability to see and we're getting really angry with it. We're judging the hand by its ability to smell and we're saying, can you just smell, please? And, and, and have you ever put your hand by a, by a flower? It just doesn't smell. So what, what often happens is why there's no belonging is because we're clashing because our minds aren't transformed to see the gift and the measure of faith in each other because we're so focused on ourselves and we're not looking at how we connect with this person and we connect with this person and we look at people as pinatas and not gifts. So here's a guy. And how many of you know that it says that there's the gifts were members of each other. So when you walk past someone, that's a gift for the body. And if I look at this man as a pinata, I say, man, everyone know what a pinata is? At kids' parties, they wrap sweets up in something, and then you get these sticks and you hit it until sweets come out. But that's all it's good for. <laughs> so we're walking past, and maybe, maybe we've got our gifts, and we're saying, okay, um, I, I don't know who you are, but I kind of feel weird. Um, you got bad news all over you, bro. That's some bad, some bad news stuff. <laughs> Have you ever had someone articulate how bad you are? Where they're like, well, let me tell you. But guess what? The Bible doesn't say be transformed so that you sit in the seat of critical judgment. It says have sound judgment. So the sound judgment is I see the gift, I see the measure, I see the grace, I feel, see where you connect. And someone says, yeah, but I'm, I got bad news. That's not my place. That's the Holy Spirit's place. The Holy Spirit will convict you. Yeah, now if someone's at the back of the church smoking weed and getting people high around them, okay, cool, let's go talk to him. Bro, that's not cool here. We're not going to allow that. But how many of you know most of us know our own issues? Way more than people can even point out to us. In fact, if we were honest, people start listing our problems, we could add 10 more. We could say, well, let me just tell you, you haven't even got the half of it. <clears throat> so pinatas, we get this gift and we don't see the giver. We don't see how it might connect. <laughs> how many of you have ever felt hit by people? Because they're just really about like what sweet stuff you can give. And that's it. And so we, look at, we, we, we may look at people like, I don't know, you got bad news. It seems like all you're doing is worth hitting. And, you know, in fact, I don't even really get you that much. But how many of you know that the, the father says, I give good gifts to my children. And the greatest gifts we can get is people. 
And we're looking, when we're looking at a sense of belonging, we've got to see way beyond what the world sees in people. And so, how many of you have been given a, a really cool gift by someone rich? Like, when you get given a gift from someone rich, you're like, this is going to be great. And it's probably wrapped a bit better than this. God is rich. And he's given us gifts. But so often we look at people with the bad news and the wrapping on, and we're like, ah, I don't get you, man. I don't really see what this is all about. And so I'm just going to kind of be on the outskirts. But when you get given a gift from a father, you, you get excited. You start going, man, I'm going to kind of see what's here. Bro, look how strong you are there, man. Like you, you've got a strength of faith. I didn't see that before. I'm unwrapping this gift that's given to me by the Father. But so often we don't take time to unwrap the gift in people. And we stand at this place of judgment. I'm like, man, whoa, you are handsome too. Man, you got an amazing smile and joy. Dude, I didn't see that when the wrapping was on. I didn't see that until I looked kind of through the gift. And you start, and, and, and how many of you know that the Father in heaven is looking at you going, you like it? You like what you're finding in each other? How cool is this? You see how this fits with what you're doing? You see how this, this complements what you want? You see how this fits into your dreams? And you see how you can give to this person? And you start going, whoa. And then he says, well, well don't you know, I was, man, I was at the club the other night. Ah, uh, yeah, dude, we're going to work on that. But let me tell you who you are, bro. I see you as someone who can stand strong for justice. I see you as someone who has a sharp mind and an entrepreneurship ability. I see you taking teaching gifts, whoa, and you walking to places that no one else would walk to. And I see you bringing the light where there's darkness, bro. And all of a sudden he says, man, this is crazy. The bad news is falling off. And I'm becoming who I'm supposed to be. Let's give this man a hand. So are you unwrapping people and seeing the gift in them? Or are we walking past trying to smack them to get a few sweets out? Everyone's got a different gift. Jesus says this. Because again, I come back to belonging. And we're going to close with this. Jesus said... Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I want to propose that peacemaking reassures your identity. So many of us are struggling because we've got a few people who have ought against us and we're saying, that's not my issue. And God's like, that's, that's not a son. So many of us are, are not unwrapping people and we're just kind of painting people the way that they are. And he's like, man... There's a peacemaking thing that says I'm not going to sit in the seat of critical judgment, but I'm going to sit in the seat of sound judgment that rings true to who you are. You see, everyone's looking for a place to belong. And in North Carolina, they got 40 gang members together and they said, guys, talk to us. Why would you join a gang, tattoo yourselves with the emblem and convict crimes? Leave the morals that you were grown up in. Why would you do that? And their response, unanimously, was we knew that if we joined this gang, 
we would never face the world alone. And they would always fight for the king in us. And I'm adding that piece because that's what gangs do. They say, we see you before someone else sees you. We see you sometimes when you question yourself. And I don't know if you've ever been someone who's worked in critical judgment, but there's a sound judgment. And I'm not saying that we look at sin and just turn the other cheek. That comes through relationship. But how many of you know that sometimes calling the king in someone and unwrapping their gift causes them to change their behavior? See, I'll end with this story and we'll pray together. And I've got three challenges for you this week, getting stronger for 2019. There's a guy who, uh, who had backslidden. Anyone know anyone who's backslidden? Backslidden like crazy. And gotten back into drugs, addictions, alcohol. Um, he had, multiple, I think, multiple partners. I, I didn't get too much into the detail. And I was like, I called him and I was like, man, um, let's, let's have a chat. So we're sitting across this table having, having coffee. And you know when someone's defenses are up because they're ready to be critically judged. You know when your defenses are up, when you're ready to be critically judged by someone else. And so he's, the person looks at me and he, you know, he comes in like this. Hey. And you know when someone grabs their coffee and they're trying to show you that they're still strong. Like. And I felt the Holy Spirit convict me and say, I don't want you to talk about anything that's wrong with this dude. I want you to tell him how I see him. So I sat across this table and I said, hey. I said, so what's up? What what are you, you, what's this about here? I just said, hey, I want you to know, man. I see the king in you, bro. And this is not you. I see you got a gift of prophecy, bro. I said, you've got a gift of insight. You've got a gift of encouragement. God's given you something for the next generation. And he sees you as a king and he's got a crown on your head. And I just want you to know that that'll never change. I will never see you anything different no matter what you do. And that's, I'm like, sound judgment. I'm going to call a gift. I'm going to unwrap you even when there's bad news. And a person kind of, Walked out. Within a few weeks, completely changed, back on track. He, massive repentance. How many of you know that the Bible says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance? And that's why we have to have sound judgment, not critical judgment. We all know where we're messing up. Someone who comes, we, we need more people in this church, maybe, maybe coming from a party the night before. More people in this church possibly not looking the part. But how many of you know that there are people in schools, in clubs, in gangs around the city that are waiting for someone to say, I see something in you that can change the world. There's there's many more Marys that were prostitutes moments before Jesus said, you belong with me. There are many Pauls who used to be Saul's that Jesus is saying, hey, I still got your back. I'm not condemning you for what you've done. You belong here. There are many people right now who are committing crimes of treason and lying. And, 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 and guess what? God sees them as some point possibly belonging. 
because we fight for what we belong sometimes harder than what, than what we believe. We fight for where we belong sometimes harder than what we fight for what we believe. If loneliness is a sickness, and it's one of the greatest sicknesses on the planet, Jesus commands us to heal the sick. And what better way than to make people feel like they belong? And I believe we're going to be in a season as church, this church around the world, where we start unwrapping people. Where we see people sitting at the back, feeling unnoticed. Feeling unnoticed in their workplace. Feeling unnoticed in their social life. Feeling unnoticed online. And we can give them that letter. They may not get everything that's going on, but they'll write back. They may not get what, what sacrificial offering is right off the bat. They may not get what speaking in tongues is right off the bat. But when they feel like they belong. So, here's my challenge. Who are you unwrapping right now? Let's unwrap the gift in people. Number two, where might you be sitting in critical judgment where God's asking you to shift to sound judgment? Number three, where might there be gaps where God's like, hey, that person has ought against you where you might have said, well, it's not my problem. Because when Jesus prayed towards the end of his walk on earth, he prayed to God and said, Lord, he didn't say, God, may John rise up and become the greatest bishop the world's ever seen. He didn't pray for, 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 for Peter to rise up and, and Lord, may he fulfill all his potential. He prayed and said, God, may they be one, united in heart and spirit and soul. May they be one as you are one with me so that the world will know. Because when we're broken, when we're a broken body, we look like this. If our ankles bust and there's an issue with our hand and our neck's out of place and one of our eyes has something in it, we're walking around like this to the world saying, come be a part of us. It's great here. We are healthy. And the world's going, bro, I don't know. I see so much division and disconnection. I see so much disengagement that I don't know if I want, I don't know if I'm going to belong there. Our love speaks the loudest and our belonging lets people know that they fit here. Turn to your neighbor and say, you fit here. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a fit for you. And let's all just stand and pray together as we close out the service. Who could you unwrap today? Who could you unwrap this week? Because people are looking for a place to belong. How many of you say, there's a place where I can move from critical to sound? How many of you say, that there's a few places I can stop beating the pinata and unwrapping the present? Yeah? How many of you say, there's a few places that I know that I can reconcile and I've been giving way too many gifts and Jesus has been convicting me about reconciliation. Come on, guys. The church is the strongest place that there is. That's how God sees us. So I'm going to pray a declaration over you today that you have the courage and the strength. That 2019, we run into it screaming with energy, running with oneness. 
feeling like this is a place where people belong. Your home should be a place where people belong. Let's do it. Right, let's pray this together, right? Grab the hand of the person next to you. Let's just, let's just, let's just get a little bit more intimate right now, <clears throat> right? This is not a time to, uh, to let people know you're interested in them. This is a time just to hold them like a, like a gang member, huh? <laughs> and if it's your wife, just say, I love you, babe. We're here. All right, let's just pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, we love you. And this word is challenging us to think differently about people. Lord, may we, may we help people with the sickness of loneliness. May they feel like they belong. May your love be shed abroad in our hearts. Transform our minds so that we see every individual with the grace and the gifting and the measure they've been given. How they connect with us and how we connect with them. Lord, and give me the courage to reconcile where there's been gaps. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.